Well, it's great to be together this morning, and we are going to do something a little bit different today. We are part two of a series on worship, and today we're talking about corporate worship, and what does it mean to have corporate worship? And uh, we're excited about that because I think today will be a significant day. We have had Clive Koopman, who was going to do this second part of the series, but um, went down with COVID a couple of days ago. And so we thought, let's mix this up a little bit and get some of our great worship leaders like Brendan Jones <laughs> and, uh, and Tim. I'm going to invite Ainsley to come and join us this morning as well, and Rob Badman too. And so we thought we'd get some great people up here. And I, I'm the worship pastor at City Church, if, you, if, you, if you're new or visiting this morning. And so, not really. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I, I, I dream of it. I literally do have dreams of me doing that. And I often pray that when I get to heaven, that I'll be like a key worship leader. Because I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, in heaven, preaching is kind of like, well, everyone's already saved. So, you might as well just be a worship leader. So, that's my goal. Anyway, well, this morning, we wanted to talk about worship and have a bit of a conversation about Corporate worship and what does it mean? And so Brendan is one of the great pillars of our church, Brendan and Sharon Jones, and we love the Jones family. And Brendan's been part of this church for many years and uh, a really key part of the church. And what I love about Brendan is we've seen him and Sharon really continue to serve God in this house, raise their family in this house to serve God as well, and continue to worship Jesus through many different seasons of life, many different ups and downs. And so we invited Brendan to be on the panel this morning. Tim Campbell, executive pastor, worship pastor, um, and he is doing an incredible job uh, with just leading throughout our church. I think we can all acknowledge that. He's doing such an incredible job. And Ainsley, one of our key worship leaders as well, and uh, just, I, I love about Ainsley's life that she has a commitment to God in every single season. And we've seen you go through some highs and lows, and you've just continued to serve God and worship God throughout the seasons, even at times where it has not been easy. And Rob Badman, who, uh, you are a revelation to our church. We love Rob. He, he, can, he can sing, he can play the bass, he can play the keyboard, he can play the guitar. He probably does the ukulele. I don't know what else he does, but he, he does it all, uh, but Better than your ability is your heart to worship God, and you have such a heart for God. And so, this is our panel this morning, and these guys, I think, are well-equipped to talk to us a little bit about worship and corporate worship. And so, I thought we'd just have a bit of a conversation this morning about that. So, I, I wrote down a, a bit of a definition of what I think corporate worship is, and this is a Ben definition, so let me read it to you. Corporate worship is a community of Christian believers focusing together on magnifying Jesus above everything else. We often see this expressed in a church service with singing, lifted hands, shouts of praise, and passionate declarations of God's goodness. We also worship God in a corporate setting by serving one another, prayer, sharing scripture, using our gifts to encourage others, and giving of our time and resource as living sacrifices to God. When we worship God, we know that God's word is true, that he inhabits the praises of his people. God is present at all times, but as we focus to worship him, we often gain greater perspective and awareness of his nearness to us. In worship, we can often sense God's manifest presence, which is a physical manifestation of his presence. This can bring peace, joy, and confidence in God. Corporate worship is an expression of our personal worship and devotion to God 
that when joined together with other believers becomes corporate worship. Psalm 34 verse 3 says this, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. I think Pentecostal church is one of the measurable factors or the expressions of a Pentecostal church is oftentimes passionate worship. Uh, I think passionate worship um, in our kind of services can draw people to God, help people to be able to focus on God. Sometimes we scare people a little because we get a little bit passionate in worship as well. Somebody that maybe is not used to the kind of passion levels that we have in worship can come into this house. I'm sure we've all experienced friends or family members that we've brought to church and they just haven't experienced something like that before where people are so passionate and they're lifting their hands and they're shouting out and they're worshipping Jesus. It can be really confronting at times. And I think that the early disciples really uh, encountered that as well where people realised, hey, these people aren't just doing religion. There's a real connection that's happening and it's taking place here and it, it can be a little bit overwhelming for people when they come into our style churches. But I think what we need to make sure that we do in our style churches is never, never apologize for our passion, but make sure that it's sincere and authentic because people know when something's fake and over the top, but when we do it in spirit and in truth, as Scripture says, there's a real authenticity to that and people are intrigued by that and they want to, and then they can sense the presence of God as well in a tangible way. And so I thought I'd ask some questions to you guys this morning. Some of you are worship leaders. This is just an off-the-cuff question that I thought of when I was coming up here. Sometimes people like myself and us as congregational members, we've had a massive week. We, 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 we come into church, we rock into church, we've, we've, we've tried to get our kids and all that sorted. It's been a stressful time. Maybe husbands and wives have had a fight in the car. You, you, you get into the service, maybe a, a song or too late, just trying to get here and and I would say to people, don't ever feel condemned about that. You, you made a choice and you made a decision to be here. And uh, I, I know at the times that is a win to get yourself to church. And so I applaud that. But people get here and they, they maybe come in first or second song and, and, and they're tired, they're exhausted after a big week and they're standing there like a dead fish. And I, and I put myself in that category sometimes as well. And they haven't come to enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. As scripture says, they feel like, I've just made it here. My gift to you is I've made it here. Somebody get me a coffee. <laughs> Somebody help me out. And, and here they are. And you're given the job, say Tim or Ainsley or Rob or, or Brendan sometimes, <laughs> of then leading these people in corporate worship. How do you do that? Emmy. Oh. It's challenging because, you know, when we come to rehearsal at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in, in the morning, um, we're kind of building up as well. And so it's like, it's like worship warm-ups is what I call it. But what, what's really amazing is sometimes everyone's just ready to go. And it's the best as a worship leader when everyone's worshipping and you're just like, I don't have to do anything except like help people see Jesus in this moment. But sometimes it's a grind and sometimes you're like, come on, let's praise God. And there's people looking at the sky and people looking at the floor, um, folded, look, staring at you. Um, one, one thing for me is when we have a dedication, we have like 30 family come and they don't know what's going on. And you always get the couple of old dads or granddads just staring, looking at you like this with their hands folded. It's intimidating. But as a worship leader, it's, it's just about like pushing through that and, um, and helping people. Our job is to let people see God. 
and help people see God. So, yeah, seeing pastor, I'm a real feeler. So I look at faces and get, like, distracted and, oh, they don't like me. But then I've learned that it's, we've got a job to do, so, yeah. I think I actually really like to call the church out sometimes. <laughs> um, I, like, I've, I think I've done that before. Like Camby said, you have to really push through. Like, we're, we're here to do a job and we need to do that job from our heart as well. So as, as long as our heart's in the right place, we'll, we should be able to keep pushing through that. But I know there's been times where it's been it's just been not received and there's just no vibe um, and you're not really sort of getting anything back. But I don't know, to me, to me, I think that's my sort of responsibility to, to just keep pressing that button um, <laughs> and to keep pushing. And you sometimes have to do that. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, but at the end of the day, I think as long as we're happy with how we've led and we feel as though we've led from our heart and we've led with full passion, then that's our, our job's done. We've, we've tried that. It's sort of like that idea of God's, for everyone else, God's knocking on the door. You need to open it. So as long as we can do our job in leading worship authentically and with passion, um, that's all we've been asked to do for the morning. Um, and that's sort of, it's up to the, each individual to sort of make that other step towards that as well. Do you ever feel like beating us? Beating you? <laughs> beating. That's intense. Look, I'll, I'll, add, I'll add to that. Benny, this is probably why he's not worship leading, right? Who <laughs> kill everyone. <laughs> They're not singing. Come here. <laughs> Um, I don't know what I was going to say now. <laughs> Distracted. But like when I think our jobs too is we, we don't control people. We don't control you. And, and I think what we do is inspire. And so if we've done our job right by inspiring you to worship and inspiring you to, you know, um, come out with praise and sing, then we've done our job right. We're not going to bash you in the head and say, come on, sing. And sometimes when we say it, like when I'm saying, sometimes when I cry out, come on, guys, let's really praise today. It's not because you're not doing it, but I really feel like God's like, let's go today. Let's praise. Come on, let's praise. It's not about stirring up some, conjuring something up. It's actually about, no, let's praise today. Let's praise. And so like I said, we can't control you, but it's amazing when you add to the atmosphere. And it's like, yeah, let's praise today. Okay, cool. And we praise. And I love songs that, like, I praise the name. And that song is so easy to lead because you guys just love it and just lift your hands and sing. And as a worship leader, it's perfect because you're like, well, they get it. Sometimes we do songs and it's like, uh, that didn't really work because you, it didn't work in the congregation. So, yeah. That's good. And I think one thing you've said to me is at times that you've learned about worship leading is sometimes there's a time to push and there's a time to pull back. And you've got people that, that, that are all of us in the congregation and, and someone might have come in that week and they have lost a loved one or they're going through a divorce, or they're going through a difficult time, and their physical expression might look like a dead fish. But you don't know actually what's going on in their heart. And so that person is in here, and they're suffering, and we're going, push harder, push harder, worship, lift the, lift the praise up. And it's like, we mean well, but I love that you have that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and I think you've trained all of our worship leaders to do that. There's a time to push and there's a time to pull back, and there's different times where we just we want to be in that presence of God, and we just want to lift Him up in all seasons, but there are different times, and so I would say to all of us that we, we have that different expression, and so tell us, why is corporate worship important? You know, we can worship at home, we can do that, but why is corporate worship such an important element to our faith? I'll, I'll let you answer one, Brendan, because you're a great worship leader in our church as well. She would be really scraping the bottom of the barrel if I was doing it. <laughs> Um, For me, I think corporate worship, I I love it, and it's just the encouragement I get from it. Um, Worshipping at home, you know, during lockdown, um, it's just not the same, is it? You know, singing in the lounge room, 
Um, I, I find I have to sing loud for it to sound any good. That's what I think anyway. And so singing loud at so home... So do I. <laughs> Sharon's got a big smile on her face, mate. So she must be really good. So, yeah, I find um, corporate worship just lifts me up. You know, if I... However you turn up in the morning, as Ben has said and Tim has said, feeling great, feeling terrible, it doesn't take too long for me to get warmed up by the congregation, all singing the same song. Like, how was that word this morning? How many people here? 150 or something. And you all said to me, God is madly in love with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I received that and I'm singing it to you and I'm thinking, wow, if you can't get lifted up by that, then you're a dead fish, as Tim says, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I just love corporate worship. It's such an important part of my week. I've missed church. Um, I remember when we went to Europe five or six years ago, I didn't go to church for four weeks. And I think that's the longest period in my life since I was born I hadn't been in church. And it really affected me, like as in I just noticed that I wasn't in with my church family um, and in corporate worship we prayed that you'd come back from your backsliding after that, after those four weeks. I was going to say, Ben, I think worship as well, the corporate level of it is so important for the unity amongst us. Yeah. It's something that draws us together where, like, within even just this room, we are so different. And there are different political opinions and different likes and different desires and different perspectives on everything. Yeah. But the one thing, and yeah. this is why we're all here, the one thing we can all agree on yeah. is, like, we're children of God. Yeah. And so this is our chance to come around and let's all say the thing that we are totally yeah. united on that yeah. draws us all together. And it's so important as well from the corporate level to be doing that together because we get perspective that we wouldn't otherwise have. Like it, it talks about in the Bible how we have the mind of Christ, which we sometimes sort of take to mean like you have the mind of Christ and you have the mind of Christ. and I. Have, but it's, it's we have the mind of Christ. So I'm not getting the full picture of what's going on if I don't get Ainsley's perspective of what God's showing her and get Mal's perspective of what God's showing him and, and Sharon's and, and, and etc. So we all work that together to suddenly as a group be able to go, oh, yeah. There's that awesome thing about God. I hadn't seen that. We'll praise him about that. And then I hear your perspective. Oh, yeah, that too. And we can encourage each yeah, other on that, which we just don't get yeah. with our own little, you know, narrow perspective of everything. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I love that. So in the Bible, it talks about different ways that we worship God. We sing, we kneel, we lift our hands, we express our love for God, we shout, we do all of these things. Why do you think that Scripture talks about those things and expressing our worship in that way. You know, why can't we just be like, and I know that can happen and there are times for solitude and times for, times for quiet, but why do you think Scripture talks about expressing our worship that way? Um, like in Psalm 100, verse 3, Know the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Verse 4, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise, which we've already said. Give thanks to Him and bless his name. And David, when he was writing this psalm, it's like encouraging us that it is God who made us. And it's like an adoration. It's like he is holy. So when we come into church or when it's come to worship, we worship because he is holy, that he is good, that he is awesome. Not the people on the platform, whatever. It's he is good. And so when we worship like that, I don't know if you can be quiet. I don't know if you can just stand there and look at the screen and go, God is so good today. I can't. If I'm looking at the screen or singing lyrics or closing my eyes and singing, God is so good, 
I, you can't not express anything with that. And lifting our hands is just a sign of that. And, and singing is just an a outward like expression. Like if you have a relationship with your partner and you, you're married, you don't just stand there and look at them, do you? Would you ever fold your arms and just be like... Well, some of you might. <laughs> but it's like you, you give expression out of your love for them. And it's the same with God in the same way. Like, uh, sometimes as worship leaders, I'll look down at people and it's like... It's like, like that. And I'm like, do you love God today? Do you really love God today? And it's not a condemning thing, but when you love him, you express yourself by kneeling, adoration, like just worshiping him. So that's, yeah, that's my take on that. Sometimes it can be, like on the flip side of that as well, it can be our body leading our minds. Like, um, I don't work out anywhere near enough I often don't feel like it but if my body goes first eventually my mind catches up as well and I never come out of it afterwards being like gee that was a waste of time I'm you know disappointed with myself for doing that and sometimes in in worship if I'm not engaged or I find this particularly in a private setting actually sometimes I'll need to posture myself in a certain way, whether it's kneeling or just extending my hands or something. And it's like my body goes first and my mind and my spirit goes, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, God's made us to be whole beings and our bodies and minds and that are so intertwined that sometimes that act of leading with our body, raising our hands or prostrating ourselves or whatever it is that we're doing, then kind of can engage our mind and our spirit in the rest of what's happening, if that kind of makes sense. That's really good. Yeah, I, I grew up in a fairly conservative church and so raising hands and stuff was um, just for those super spiros, you know, <laughs> you didn't want to be one of them. Um, and um, then I came to the Pentecostal church in, um, 20-something years ago and um, I, I remember it was took me quite a while to sort of feel comfortable just being conservative. I remember being challenged though once, I can't remember who by, but it was like, if you go to the footy or something and you get excited, why can't you get excited about God? Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, did that, did that get me? Because you should see me at the football sometimes. <laughs> I get pretty excited. And I don't care what anybody else thinks about me at the football. And I don't care if I'm the only one yelling and jumping up and down. And um, it just challenged me. At, why can't I do that in church? Why do I care what anybody else thinks about me when I'm praising my saviour? Um, and just trying to magnify God's name and just give him glory and show him that I'm all in, not just um, attending. And um, I think my body just... When I let my body express what my words are saying, um, it just makes a huge difference. So good. You know, Scripture says, give a sacrifice of praise, which means that there are going to be times where it's not natural and easy, uh, and it's going to feel like you're pushing through because it's a sacrifice. We all know that sacrifice is painful. It's discipline, right? And so when we're asked to give a sacrifice of praise, sometimes when we worship, we don't feel God. A bit like when we pray or we read our Bible, we don't, we don't sense or we don't feel it at times. But then there's other times where we just really sense the presence of God, like He's here, He's right in front of me. And you can see uh, a preacher or someone will get up uh, or an MC and they'll say, oh, gee... Can you sense the presence of God in this place this morning or something like that? That's a manifestation or a physical representation of God's tangible presence. And so I just thought we'd just shift gears a little bit and talk about 
what is a manifestation of God's presence or what is God's tangible presence? And have you experienced that before? And tell us a little bit about it to try and make us understand that. I think we've all maybe at times sensed that as we've worshipped God, that there is His peace or there's a joy that's there or we can feel Him in a physical way in our bodies as well. Why don't you give us some expression to that of what that means and, and how you've experienced that as well in your life? Yeah, I think it's... You're not always necessarily going to have, have that experience every single week, um, whether you're in the congregation or even as worship leader. I know there are certainly times for myself where I've had... Um, I don't know what to call them, more spiritual worship-leading moments um, on some Sundays than I have on others. Um, it doesn't mean my, my heart's any sort of less in it, but there's definitely been times where I've been much more sort of struck down while I'm leading worship here that, wow, God's really doing something powerful, not just in the room, but in me as well. And I've, like, found myself and the rest of the team and then the rest of the church, you know, on our knees. And that's not necessarily going to happen the week after. Um, either sort of I think God moves and the spirit's going to move different ways every single week and in um, different lives and depending on how our heart is but um, it's yeah it's sort of I don't know if you can sort of explain it but it's just it's just an overwhelming sense of God is here right now it doesn't really matter I don't really know what's going on around me either Um, but God's here right now I'm in this moment and all that matters is that I'm I'm praising him I'm communicating with him and I'm feeling his presence right now so I know for me on a personal level, like I, I was Blackheath Baptist Church, just where I went to church as a kid, and this this song they used to sing, and we were, we were singing a couple of times, and you know, as the deer pants for the waters of my soul, oh that song. There you go, Benny. That's your moment, bro. That's your moment. I was just but about some, to come in. <laughs> I remember as like an eight, nine-year-old, and just feeling God's presence. Um, in a Baptist church, not a Pentecostal church, in a Baptist church, but I was praising God and singing that song. Every time I hear that song, God ministers to my heart. And I reckon there's songs that are written, and I know plenty of other people here who have different songs that do that to you, but God speaks through that, through His Spirit. And there's been times when I've been worship leading where I feel a tear run down my eye, and I'm like, God is just speaking to people, speaking to me, speaking to you in those, those tangible, present moments where you feel God. And for some reason in worship, it happens a lot more in worship for me than any other time. I can be praying, I can feel God, but for something about worship where you just feel God and you feel, and it's not a weird thing, you just feel his presence. And you, you know, that's why some, sometimes you just hear those, the music going and, you know, God created music, right? God created it and it's actually created for his pleasure. For, for worshipping him. That's why music is created. And, and so we use music as a tool to connect with God. So that's why it's not we do our songs in church. It's not just a coincidence we do three or four songs. It's because it's, we can worship God through singing and worship God through music. And he speaks to us through that. And so that's for me. That's my personal experience. And I sometimes love those older songs because I remember that's where God spoke to me. Sorry, I'm going a bit long, but I'll just finish this one thing. When I was um, about 16, I was at a youth thing at Mount Annan Christian Life Centre and I, was, I had my arms folded and I went to, to the prayer at the front and the pastor just said to me, if you open your arms, come on, just open your arms and you'll feel God come. You're just feeling you're, you're opening yourself to him. And I was a 16-year-old, I was so insecure. I'm like, my friends are going to see me lift my hands. My friends are going to be like, look at that idiot down the front. And that's what was going through my mind. I just remember I did that. And I just remember God literally entering my heart and just felt his presence just from that one act. And so that's why when we say lift our hands or surrender, it lets God in. I love that. That's really good. So 
What are some ways I think we've all experienced at times where we're in a worship service, and we look around, it's like, wow, they're having a moment. You know, that person's having a moment. This is like, everyone else is into it here. And we're kind of like, I'm not into it. Um, how can we make those corporate worship moments personal worship moments? What's some ways that we can do that to try and really enter in ourselves? Because we can get caught up and everyone else is doing it, but we can just be in tradition mode. Uh, that this is just what we do, but it's not personal. We're not really getting the most out of that moment. We're not really giving that sacrifice of praise. What's some things we can do in that moment to help us to be able to do that? I think it's really important, firstly, to not compare the experience that we're having to what's going on for someone else. Um, Who knows where they're at? Who knows what's going on for them and what's authentic for them and all of that? You know, I've found sometimes when I've been leading worship and and looked out and seen what I thought was a really sort of deadpan expression and then somebody coming up afterwards and having had a really powerful time. And then on the flip side, somebody who seemed totally into it and then I see them yelling at someone in the car park afterwards and I'm like, (laughs) that was clearly just a show because it's not real. You know, I, I don't think... I think it's really important to give ourselves that grace of like that person looks like they're getting really spiritually impacted right now. I'm not feeling it, but that's totally okay. You know, we're doing this for God. We're worshipping for him. So what we get out of it, that's a plus. That's awesome. But it does not matter if you don't feel anything. That's okay because we're giving him something and and we just get blessed by that because he's awesome. Um, so I think it's important to do that. With that said, with the, the whole question of, you know, what can we do to, to try to engage with the, the moment and what's going on and things like that. Like you said, I mean, I, I find leading with my body is really helpful. But then I've got a, a couple of just cornerstones that I go back to. A couple of passages that are just God has always spoken to me through them. And I'll, I'll just speak those out. Or speak out the truth. It's like, okay, everything else is, seems like rubbish right now. I feel doubtful or I feel not sure about this. But one thing I know is that God is good. And so I'll just speak that. And I'll declare that until my spirit kind of catches up with that. And, and I just sit with the basics. And that's totally fine. You know, I think we don't need to... Yeah, God, God will meet us in the, in the simple. Um, and we get these moments, you know, like... Paul knows this so well when he talks about, in I think it's 2 Corinthians 6, he talks about being sor- sorrowful yet rejoicing. It's, it's fine if you're not feeling very happy, clappy today. You can still rejoice in who God is while being sorrowful. And that tension can sit there. And we need to allow room for that, for you to be able to lament or to grieve or whatever else is going on. And that sits there as well as, but God, you're really good. And I don't understand this. And I'll just declare the simple part of it. And if it doesn't become a personal experience for me on that day, cool. That's why we lift up, you know, our praise with other people. Um, When I... I did a bit of travel with to Tonga in when I was 16. Did you go to Tonga as well? You did? Yeah. And I was just struck by the fact that almost none of their hymns had I in them. Talked about me. They were all our, we. So that's... When, when you aren't having an experience, I think, that's fine. Rest on any of us that are. Let's do it together. You know, we... we do this, our, this, our, you know, it's fine for us to sing, I, whatever, David did it in the Psalms, so I'm not saying we can't do that, but I was just struck by how individually focused we can become, and how other cultures don't always see it that way, 
And so if not much is going on for you, that's fine. God's worthy anyway. The rest of us will go for it, you know. That's brilliant. You know, worship is, is really the opposite of our generation's culture. We have this selfie kind of generation where we are self-centered, self-focused um, about trying to get ourselves to a certain level, which we've made ourselves the center of the universe. And so worship is literally peeling that back and doing the opposite of that. And I think it does something transformational in us when we do that and we realize we're not the center of the universe. And uh, a bit like what you said there, Rob, somebody that is quietly, passionately worshiping Jesus, that is going through an immense amount of pain, there is something so powerful about that that says, you know what, God's greater than the pain that I'm going through. Uh, and I just think that's really significant. So it's often said that worship changes the atmosphere or worship changes things. What does that mean and how does worship do that? Um, if you look in Acts with Paul and Silas in prison, they sang and the chains broke and they, they got out of jail. And so if God can break chains, like I said, he, he invented music, he made music. But if there's breakthrough in the atmosphere of worship, then we believe that. Like we believe that if it happens to Paul and Silas 2,000 years ago, why not today? Why not when you're in worship believing for a miracle or you're believing for financial breakthrough or you've got a marriage that's not doing too well? Why can't he break chains off in worship in, through the atmosphere of praise? And that's where what Rob was saying, that's the togetherness which is so powerful because when you're, it's great when you're worshipping by yourself and you can believe when you're by yourself. But where two or three are gathered in his name, then the miracles happen. And so that's why when we gather together, that's why church is so important and lockdown sucked because it's like we're not together and worship's not the same through a camera. It's the atmosphere about building faith together and seeing chains broken. And I still believe that to this day. And that's why in prayer meetings, I say from the first note that we sing today, may God your spirit move. Not from when there's an altar call at the end, which is all important and great, but you can have breakthrough in worship through the atmosphere of praise and the atmosphere of worship. So, yeah. I love that. And Brendan, I'll let you lead with this one and then I'll let you guys comment. But why is a healthy church described as a, a church that passionately worships? Why do you believe that um, that's part of a healthy church, a passionately worshipping church? Sorry, I jump around. I don't, I don't just go with the notes. I apologise. I'm spontaneous. I can't remember what I wrote <laughs> Yeah, why is passionate worship a sign of a healthy church? Well, I think it's, um, it's hard to fake passionate worship. So passion is something that you see in people and you can tell if it's real passion or not. And I think um, if you can see that in other people and um, experience it yourself, then the church is going to be healthy because, I mean, worship is often... Another word used for worship in the Bible is love. So if you're expressing your worship for God and you're expressing your love for God passionately, it's just going to be obvious and it's going to be catchy and hopefully it transcends Sunday and goes through your week with your neighbours, your friends, your family, your work colleagues, school friends and um, the health of the church is going to grow because more people are going to be um, impacted by what's going on in here and then what goes on outside because of that. 
Yeah, I love that response. Worship is love. I love that. That's so true. So final thoughts, Tim, Ainsley, Rob, tell us. Um, I, I feel as though it shows that it's a church full of people who are confident in God and confident in what they believe believe in. And if that's the, the core part of that church, then it's going to be a healthy church. and It's going to thrive if it's filled with people who know who they are in God and know who God is. Um, then, and then they are able to express that in their worship, then I think that's, that's just going to create health because it can only go up from there. That's good. I, it's, it's pretty simple. But yeah, a worshipping church is a church that's not staring at itself. It's looking out. It's looking up and it's looking out. Yeah, yeah, you know? and, and if we're doing that, then that's going to affect, you know, like Galatians it says that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Yeah, yeah. So if we're a worshipping church, it's hard not to do that passionately. If I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, we're looking at Jesus together. Yeah. And for that expression to become something that's active rather than something that's the more we're looking in, the more passive and, you know, navel-gazy we'll become. Yeah. I'll just finish by saying as well, like, and these guys are awesome, just want to say. And um, with the passionate, they are awesome worshippers. And um, we're so glad, Rob, you're at our church. You're an absolute blessing. Because um, he's a teacher. If you can hear him talk, hey, he's a teacher. I prophesied over you, bro. Sorry, Enneagram One school teacher over here. I can't help myself. <laughs> as in the gift of teaching as well. But um, I'll just finish by saying it's discipleship. And if, a, if church is full of disciples, then the church will be a passion about worship. Yeah. Because disciples love God. They love people. And we're not just coming to a concert. Um, quickly in church, I think you see the fringe go very quickly when it gets hard. Because it's just a concert or it's just a show for them or whatever. But when there's disciples... The church will be passionate. That's so good. I love that. So I'm going to invite the team to come and join us. And we're going to finish with some worship this morning. I'm going to let Tim, Tim lead that moment. But as they come, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. And I wonder whether you could reach out your hands this morning. And we can use worship as a weapon to lift God up above our circumstances or what's going on. But just as you're in this seated position, why don't you lift out your hands towards God as a sign of surrender. And let me pray over you. Lord, I just thank you for... Every single one of these incredible people, Lord, that as we worship, we express our love for you, God. And I pray that we would become passionate worshippers, not just on a Sunday in a service, but in our bedrooms at home, in the car, on the way to work, wherever we are, that we would just regularly lift you up above our circumstances, that we would in our minds put you as the highest authority. Lord, in our language, we would speak and we would lift you up with worship and praise. Lord, I pray that our lives would reflect how much we love you, Lord God, in our actions. And that we would be a worshipping church that are so passionate about lifting you up above all else. And we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.